Would you take your Bibles and turn with me to the book of Genesis? We are journeying our way through the book of Genesis, coming to the fourth chapter. Genesis, of course, is the first book of the Bible. And so we would expect there would be many firsts as we begin to discover those firsts there in the Bible. Genesis comes from a Greek word, which means beginning. And of course, it, uh, the word beginning refers to first things. And so, first things first. And so, there we began to find those things there in the book of Genesis. For example, Genesis chapter 1, we see the first man. Genesis chapter 2, we see the first marriage. Genesis chapter 3, we see the first mistake of man. Genesis chapter 4 have several firsts, which we're going to look at today. We see the first mother, which of course is Eve. We see the first murderer, which is Cable. And then we see the... Uh, First martyr, which is Abel. Did I say Cable? I meant Cain. I was getting Cain and Abel together. I thought that didn't sound right. I guess I'm still on yesterday's mode, but anyway. But anyway, take your Bibles, and in Genesis chapter 4, we're going to read the first uh, 16 verses. And so would you stand with me? We're going to, I titled this message, The Difference Between Religion and Salvation. And this is a a chapter that has many, many questions about. You've seen two guys coming together. They're coming to a worship service. And two guys are giving their offerings. One is accepted and one is rejected. Why would God do that? Well, we're going to look at that today. So, Genesis chapter 4, verse 1 and following. Now Adam knew Eve, his wife, and she conceived and bore Cain and said, I have acquired a man from the Lord. Then she bore again, this time his brother Abel. Now Abel was a keeper of sheep, but Cain was a tiller of the ground. And in the process of time, it came to pass that Cain brought an offering of the fruit of the ground to the Lord. Abel also brought of the firstborn of his flock and of their fat. And the Lord respected Abel and his offering. But he did not respect Cain and his offering. And Cain was very angry and his countenance fell. So so the Lord said to Cain, Why are you angry? And why has your countenance fallen? If you do well, you will not be accepted. And if you do not do well, sin lies at the door, and its desire, 
is, and its desire is for you, but you should rule over it. Now Cain talked with Abel, his brother. And it came to pass that when they were in the field, that Cain rose up against Abel, his brother, and killed him. Can you imagine? Very first time such a crime has been committed. An innocent man has been killed by his own brother. Then the Lord said to Cain, there in verse 9, Where is Abel your brother? He said, I do not know. Am I my brother's keeper? Huh. And he said, What have you done? The voice of your brother's blood cries out to me from the ground. So now you are cursed from the earth, which has opened its mouth to receive your brother's blood from your hand. When you till the ground, it shall no longer yield its strength to you. A fugitive and a vagabond, you shall be on the earth. And Cain said to the Lord, My punishment is greater than I can bear. Surely you have driven me out of this day from the face of the ground, and I shall be hidden from you, your face. And I shall be a fugitive and a vagabond on the earth. And it will happen that anyone who finds me will kill me. And the Lord said to him, Therefore, Whoever kills Cain, vengeance shall be taken on him him sevenfold. And the Lord set a mark on Cain, lest anyone find him should kill him. Then in verse 16, Then Cain went out from the presence of the Lord and dwelt in the land of Nod on the east of Eden. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, hard to imagine two brothers coming together. And there they're attempting to worship you. And one worshiped you in the right way. And another one worshiped you in the wrong way. And out of that brought hatred. And how did that brought vengeance, even murder? Lord, there's so much here in this passage of Scripture that hard to comprehend. So we need your help and we need the Spirit of the living God to give us direction and give us understanding. Lord, there may be people here today who are trying and attempting to worship you in their own way. And yet, they're not willing to come by the way of the cross. Father, I pray that today, that you will speak and manifest yourself to us. Fill us with your spirit. Anoint us with your power. For we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you so much. You may be seated. Very, very, very interesting story. As you began to notice in this passage of scriptures, 
these two brothers had the same heredity. In other words, they came from the same family. They had the same mom. They had the same dad. They had the same environment. And yet we find that even though they grew up in that particular time, a terrible, terrible crime took place. Both of them had steady jobs. One was a farmer. One was a herdsman. One was a shepherd. But yet, even though they looked like they had similar things that resemble one another, there were some great differences. Not necessarily externally, but internally. And ultimately, it began to be proven out eternally. The gigantic difference was that Cain had religion where Abel had a relationship. And there's a tremendous difference of that. A lot of people have religion and and they don't necessarily have a relationship. What I'd like for us to do is to plunge into this story for a few moments and to begin to pull out some vital truths that I believe that God would have us to hear here today. The very first thing, as you go back to verse 3 and 4, I want us to notice the carnality of Cain. Listen to what the Bible says. And in the process of time, it came to pass that Cain brought an offering of the fruit of the ground to the Lord. Abel also brought of the firstborn of his flock and of their fat. And the Lord respected Abel and his offering. But in verse 5 it says, But he did not respect Cain and his offering, and Cain was very angry, and his countenance fell. At the very first glance, you would begin to think that these two boys were singing out of the same hymn book. They were in a worship service. And yet, there in that worship service, they both believed in God. Both wanted to give an offering unto the Lord. And yet, something strange that happened. God accepted one's offering and he rejected the other's offering. Now, friend, I want you to understand when it comes to worship, there's three vital ingredients that must be involved in worship. You must have, of course, the right way that you worship the Lord. And not only that you worship Him the right way, but you have the right heart and that you worship the right God. Now, not everybody has that. Some will have the right way, but they don't have the right heart. Trying to worship the right God. Some will have the right heart, but they don't have the right way and they don't worship the right God, which becomes a false worship. 
So listen to me well and listen to me very carefully. That if you're going to worship the Lord the right way, you must have the right heart directing it to the right God. My friend, I want you to understand that there's a lot of false worshiping going on today. They're worshiping, but not necessarily to the right God. And they're worshiping, and they don't necessarily have the right heart. And they're worshiping, or at least they're attempting to, and they're not doing it the right way. I'm reminded of what the Bible says in Proverbs chapter 21, verse 27. Listen to this passage of Scripture. It says, the sacrifice of the wicked is an abomination. How much more when he brings it with a wicked intent? You could write right beside that passage of Scripture the name Cain. Because Cain was worshiping the right God, but he did not have the right heart, and he wasn't doing it the right way. Now, friend, there's a lot of Cains in our churches today, sadly to say. I want you to notice two things as we look at this passage of Scripture. First of all, I want you to notice Cain's worship was rejected. Now, why was it rejected? It's a good question. The Bible says there in verse 3 and verse 5 that Abel's worship was accepted, but Cain's worship was rejected. No doubt that when they brought their offerings that Cain brought his best. He brought it from the, from the fruit of the ground. I can almost imagine he had a basket of fruit. Some delicious strawberries. Some golden delicious apples. Some wonderful, wonderful oranges. And he gives it to the Lord. You say, well, what's wrong with that? I mean, after all, he was giving what he had. Well, my friend, God had already said in chapter 3, verse 17, cursed is the ground for your sake. In other words, God had warned Adam and the entire human race that Anything that you would get out of the ground, you'd have to work for it. And so the evidence of what Cain was bringing before God at this particular time was the works of his hands. In other words, he was trying to work his way to salvation. In other words, he was trying to work his way to God. And God says you can't do it. Uh, see, there was one problem about his offering. There was not an element of blood within that offering. You remember what the Bible says in Hebrews chapter 9 verse 22? The Bible says without the shedding of the blood, there is no remission of sin. 
In other words, in order to come before a holy God in a proper worship, there must be a blood sacrifice. And so therefore, we began to realize that what Cain's offering was of a works. Friend, I want you to understand the only way to heaven is paved by the blood. The only way to heaven is by the way of the cross. The only way to have a proper relationship with a holy God is through the blood atonement of the Lord Jesus Christ. But you began to look at this passage of Scripture and you began to notice something. You began to notice that we feel like that we can come to the Lord by religion and not necessarily by relationship. I was talking to a guy not too long ago, and uh, as we were talking later, he uh, spoke and he said, uh, I detect that you're a, you're a preacher. I said, well, yes, I am. He says, well, I have religion too. I said, well, sir, I don't necessarily have religion. I have a relationship. And there is a vast difference. Cain had religion. In other words, he was saying, I can come by the way to God by my own works. I mean, I worked hard. I'm a good person. And this is the fruit of my labor. And so therefore, I... Come and bring it before the Lord. I'm reminded of what Jude says. Listen to this passage of Scripture uh, in, um, in Jude, verse 11. Woe to them, for they have gone the way of Cain. Woe to them, for they have gone the way of Cain. I can almost imagine that when Cain brought his offering to the Lord, that it made him sick to his stomach. You say, why do you say that? Because the Bible says that all of our righteousness is nothing but filthy rags. And my friend, I can almost imagine that when people would be attempting to get into heaven and God was to ask them the question, why should I let you into my heaven? That the next thing you know, they would find themselves stumbling over church membership, baptism, good person, a good father, a good mother, Paid my taxes. I'd done all these things. And so therefore, God, I expect that you accept what I bring to you. And God says, no, thank you. So I want you to see that Cain's offerings was an expression of his works. But secondly... Let's go a little bit deeper. Let's look at the passage of Scripture as verse 4. 
Listen to what the Bible says in verse 4. Abel also brought his firstborn of his flock and of their fat. And the Lord respected Abel and his offering. God rejected Cain's worship. But the Bible says he respected Abel's worship. Now, why did he respect Abel's worship and reject Cain's offering? They both worshiped the same God. But only Abel did it in the right way with the right heart. Hebrews chapter 11 verse 4 says this. Listen to this. By faith, Abel offered to God a more excellent sacrifice. Put that word, underline that word sacrifice. Sacrifice than Cain through which he obtained witness that he was righteous. It's another key word, that he was righteous, meaning that he had a righteous heart. He was right with the holy God. God testifying of his gifts, and through it being dead, still speaks. The difference. Cain had a religion of works. Abel had a relationship of faith. Now, where did Abel get this faith? I mean, after all, they were not in churches during that time. They were were not a Bible. I believe they got it from his mom and dad. The Bible says, faith cometh by hearing and hearing from the word of God. I'm sure that Adam and Eve had told them from the very beginning that the only way to approach God, it must be by the blood. Must be by the blood. Because do you remember when God replaced those uh, fig leaves? He replaced them. Look in verse chapter 3, verse 21, where He replaced those fig leaves to a garment of skin. Listen to what the Bible says in chapter 3, verse 21. Also for Adam and his wife, the Lord God made tunics of skin and clothed them. Tunics of skin. In other words, they were skin of an animal. There was a sacrifice that was made. And that sacrifice was made to cover up their guilt and to cover up their shame. So there had to be an animal that had to be slain. I personally believe it was a lamb. And I personally believe that it was a lamb that was slain. Because if you remember, the Bible says without the shedding of the blood, there is no forgiveness of sin. But also the Bible says in Revelation chapter 13 verse 8 that the Lamb was slain from the foundations of the world. A Lamb was slain from the foundations of the world. 
Now, I want you to notice something very special about the Word of God. You can go from Genesis to Revelation, and there is a scarlet thread. And that scarlet thread is the blood of a lamb, a sacrifice that was made in order to have a relationship with a holy God. Do you remember there in the book of Exodus when we began to study about the great Exodus? And you remember when there were the plagues that had come upon the Egyptians. And God had told Moses and his people that there was going to be a death angel that was going to come. And he was going to sweep across those villages. But you go and you take a lamb. And you slay that lamb. And you take the blood of that lamb. And there you strike it upon the doorpost of your household. And then the Bible reminds us that as that death angel would come. And that when he would see the blood. He would pass over them, which they're now continuing to celebrate the Passover. So you see that scarlet thread of blood, that red, royal, ruby red of blood throughout the Scriptures. Charles Haddon Spurgeon said something that I thought was so interesting. He says, morality can keep a man out of jail, but only the blood of Jesus can keep a man out of hell. That's a good word. So, as we study this passage of Scripture, we have noticed there in verses 3, 4, and 5, the carnality of Cain. Let's go a step further. Focus with me just for a moment of verse 7 and 8. Now, notice what the Bible says there in verse 7. Here is God speaking, speaking to Cain. Let's go back to verse, verse 5. Let's, let's go back the part of the latter part of verse 5. It says, And Cain was very angry, and his countenance fell. So the Lord said to Cain, Why? Are you angry? Why has your countenance fallen? Look what he says in verse 7. If you do well. What was he talking about? Cain, if you could just understand. If you could just change your heart. If you could just do well. Will you not be accepted? In other words, Cain, it's not by the way that you think that it should be. But it should be by the way that I think that it should be. See, religion says there's many roads to heaven. Well, my friend, I'm going to tell you something. There are not many roads to heaven. In fact, there's not even the best way to heaven. There's only one way to heaven. And that is through the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. This is so critical for us to understand this at this moment. 
If you do well, listen what he says, will you not be accepted? And if you do not do well, God gives them a warning. Sin lies at the door. And it desires is for you, but you should rule over it. Now Cain talked with Abel, his brother. And it came to pass that when they were in the field, that Cain rose up against his brother Abel and killed him. So, we've talked about the carnality of Cain. Now I want us to speak just for a few moments of the crime of Cain. Here we see a proud Cain. He comes before a holy God. He stands before God. And he was saying, I did it my way. Sounds almost like Frank Sinatra. I did it my way. So proud. See, that's what the works and self-righteousness will develop in a person's life. You see how Cain was so presumptuous here because he thought that his way to God was just as good as any other way to God. He thought if you were just sincere, that's all that matters. Well, my friend, you can be sincerely wrong. And that's exactly what we find here. And then you begin to see the pouting of Cain. The Bible says there in verse 5, And Cain was very angry, and his countenance began to fall, or it fell. God gives a solemn warning to Cain here. If you do well, will you not be accepted? And if you do not, if you do not, do well, sin lies at the door and it's desirous for you, but you should rule over it. That word lie is a picture to crouch. It's like a lion crouching, waiting to pounce upon the prey. That's what he's talking about here. Actually, Cain had already murdered Abel in his heart. Matthew chapter 5, verse 21 and 22, Jesus talked about that, that we can have murder in our heart. Murder is the father of the deed. Of The murder in our heart is the father of the deed. The first murder of the act of hatred takes place over a blood sacrifice here. That's why, my friend, as I think why the world does not want to have anything to do with Christ. They're not going to sing what will wash away your sins, nothing but the blood of Christ. Only the ones that who have experienced that blood cleansing atonement will be able to sing that song with joy in their heart. What will wash away my sins? Nothing but the blood. 
I remind you, my friend, it was the religious crowd, was it not, that crucified the Lord Jesus Christ? They thought they were living the right way. They thought they were approaching God the right way. But yet they were approaching Him the wrong way with the wrong heart. And they were religious but lost. I wonder how many people in our churches today that have joined the church somewhere, somehow, down through the ages. And they've gone through all of the rituals to be a part of the membership of that church, but they've never been saved. Billy Graham said one of the greatest mission groups they are is the local church he talked about of the vast number of people in our churches today that are religious but they've never come by the way of the cross why is that Satan wants to keep you away from the cross he don't mind you being religious he don't mind you coming to church He don't mind you giving your tithes and doing this and that and doing all the right things in the eyes of man that would appear that you're right with God, just like Cain. But my friend, I want you to understand, God says all that is nothing but filthy rags. And it brings a stench to my nostrils. Let's go one more step and we'll close. We talked about the carnality of Cain. We talked about the crime of Cain. What about the curse of Cain? God asked three questions. You'll notice there in verse 6, he asked the question, why? There in verse 9, he asked the question, where? And then in verse 10, he asks the question of what? And it was seeming like each question just began to bore deeper and deeper into the heart of this murderer and trying to bring him to the reality that he could not escape from his sin. Cain was obvious, a child of his father, which was of the devil. The Bible says, reminds us in John chapter 8, verse 44, that the devil is a murderer and a liar. So he was just acting out the traits of his own father. I think it was interesting. Notice the threefold step here. He begins to lie. First of all, he lied to Abel. He lured him into the field. Second of all, he lied to himself. Thinking that I can kill Abel and nobody will know anything about it. I can look to the north, I can look to the south, I can look to the east, I can look to the west, and no one is watching. But he failed to look up and to realize that God was watching. 
And then he tried to lie to God. Am I my brother's keeper? (laughs) I don't know where he's at. You go back to 1 John chapter 1 and you see those, the sequences of those, the way that lie, people that lie, how they work. You lie to others, you lie to yourself, and you eventually try to lie to God. Cain thought that no one was watching. Cain thought he could get by with this terrible, terrible act. And no one would care. What was his response when God said what he said? Look what the Bible says in verse 11. It says, and Cain said to the Lord, my punishment is greater than I can bear. Now I want you to notice about his response. There was not one single bit of repentance here. I want you to notice that there was not even not one single repentance. There was no remorse. Only resentment. Only resentment. He was not sorry what he did. He was not sorry that he got caught. He was only sorry that God had confronted him. And the Bible says the results of all this. It says in verse 16, Then Cain went out from the presence of the Lord and dwelt in the land of Nod on the east of Eden. Nod is an interesting place. The word Nod literally means wandering. In other words... Cain just wandered away. Wandered away from his family and his God. Certainly he was not singing, Lord, I'm coming home. But I wonder how many in our churches today have gone by the way of Cain. They're just wandering. Wandering. A couple years ago, I remember this TV show, and Joan Rivers were hosting it. And there was this young movie star or singer. Her name was Vanity, I believe. And she was the girlfriend of Prince recently died a year while back. But Vanity had gotten saved. And on that TV show, she told Joan Rivers, Joan, you need to be born again. (laughs) You know what Joan said? (laughs) I don't see any need for me to be born again. I'm I'm basically a good person. I believe that God will accept me just the way that I am. And I believe that God is so loving, He could never reject me. I thought, my, 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 
when I heard that. I wonder how many people believe just like that. Because you know what? When she said that, the whole audience began to applaud. That God will accept me just the way that I am. See, that's what Cain thought. That God would just accept him just the way that he was. And that his way was just as good of a way coming to God as any other way. But I'll tell you, just like vanity told Joan, you need to be born again. You need to be saved. You need to allow the Lamb of God who was slain before the foundations of this earth, there upon the cross of Calvary, that His blood that was dripping from His veins, there, my friend, to wash away your sins and to make you pure and to make you white and to make you holy. It's not your way, but it's God's way. Lord Jesus, this has been a tremendous story. But yet, Lord, I'm afraid that that story can be repeated so many times throughout our church churches. I wonder today how many people here today that can go back to a specific time and place and say, I remember on a certain time and a certain place that I accepted Jesus Christ as my Savior. Oh, I'm not talking about, I can remember when I was baptized. I'm not talking about when I remember when I joined the church when I was a young boy or a young girl. I'm not talking about any of those things, but I'm talking about a specific time. You may not know the date, you may not know the particular hour, but I believe you would know the place that there was a time with childlike faith You prayed a prayer, and you prayed a prayer, something like this. Dear Jesus, I'm a sinner, but I believe that you're the Son of the living God, died upon a cross, buried in a grave, and rose again. And I do believe that if I would ask you to come in my heart, which I do, that you would come into my heart and that you would save me and give me eternal life. Can you remember that time? I trust that you can. If you can't, And the only thing you can remember is when you were just baptized. Or the only thing you can remember when you were just joined the church. My friend, you are possibly going by the way of Cain. What a tragedy. 
What a tragedy. Today, I'm going to lead you in a prayer if you've never done that before. And I'm going to invite you. You say, well, Pastor, you don't understand. I've been a member of this church 30, 40, 50 years. That doesn't matter. That doesn't matter. But today, would you be willing to say, Dear Lord Jesus, save me. Forgive me. And come into my heart. And become Lord of my life. Would you be willing to do that today? All eternity depends upon it. I challenge you today to do that very thing. In Jesus' name.